0: Welcome to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Silito. This podcast is a result of my purpose to help ambitious business owners like you avoid stress, overwhelm, and burnout in the workplace. In this podcast, I share everything I've learned about how to grow a profitable business, stay fit and healthy, maintain strong relationships, and develop the right mindset for success so you can thrive, feel inspired, and work at your full potential. Mark Metri, welcome to the show. What's up, Andrew? Thanks for having me, bro. It's absolute pleasure. Uh, it's great to have you on the show. Absolutely inspiration. I've been watching you for the last 12 months, just picking up pace. Uh, so really intrigued to hear you know, how that's been for you. How you've experienced that over the last 12 months, you know, putting yourself out there and being very honest and vulnerable and inspiring lots of people also to come forward and, and talk about some of the topics that you've shared. So there's a few things that I think we could talk about today for the next, well, we'll see how we go, 20 to 30 minutes uh one is i think it'd be good for our for the viewer to to hear how you've used linkedin over the last 12 months to build your personal brand and some of the things that you've done to to make that happen um and there's other topics we've talked about particularly around mental health that i'd like to touch on today as well um because i think so often we talk about mental health and it we, we tap into the mindset area but you've you've talked about nutrition and diet and how that's played a vital role in in helping you overcome some of your anxieties i think it'd be good to to touch on that as well. And obviously this, my passion is around burnout and helping business leaders and business owners avoid burnout, so anything you've got around that, that you think would be useful. So yeah. kick us off, where do you foremost led? What, what do you wanna to touch yeah, on man.
1: first? Yeah, so I mean, um, yes. Yeah, so I mean, most people know me from, from LinkedIn. It's either that or the podcast. And um, I think I got on LinkedIn the first time, like in the, I think I posted like a random video in like the middle of 2017. And then I like didn't use the platform at all. And then I began to take it seriously at like the beginning of 2018. And, um, and ever since then, I've just been continuously just learning, you know, whatever it is, whatever platform, whether it's social media or just anything in life, you know, you just, you're in it every day, you're learning more about it. You learn tweaks, you learn fundamentals, you learn, you know, what's kind of like the filler kind of top stuff that, maybe will distract and confuse a lot of people versus the more Mm. important things. And so really, you know, really from like the last 12 months, like you said, and really the last 12 months, I've really tried to take LinkedIn even more seriously. And I mean, the results are insane. I mean, it's totally changed. My business It's totally changed. My podcast It's just totally changed who I have access to. It's changed how I can distribute an idea and experiment with that and then take that information in and maybe make it into like a product or a service. And so, um, yeah, it's been invaluable. I mean, for sure, especially with a lot of things that I've got going on, whether it's, um, my podcast or the book that I have coming out called in March 14th called Mm -hmm. screw being shy, learn how to, how to manage social anxiety and be yourself in front of anyone. Yeah. Looking Um, forward to that one. Yeah. A lot of these things, you know, it's all about like, you know, from you, like if you own a business, it's all about marketing. It's all about promoting it. It's all about that stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm super grateful. I have a platform like LinkedIn that can help me get those things at scale Mm -hmm. without spending like, like thousands of dollars on like Facebook ads or paid advertising. Like I've, I think I had someone run through my team and I think total my LinkedIn overall sitting something at like 70 million views or something like mm-hmm. that. All that is for free. Like I haven't spent a dollar for that. So I'd say that's probably the main thing, and it's really just been like a, just like a massive magnet,
0: yeah. that I've created,
1: that just brings me like opportunities, like-minded people, the right events, the right kind of opportunity. So I mean, it's, it's really I'm I'm infinitely grateful. Like I don't think yeah, anyone can see really that. Really and really there, a, there are a few things
0: project. that pull from that that I heard. What one you talked about disrupting people, things that distract people. Uh, and also other, other content. So yeah. is that something you intentionally do to throw something out there? So when people are busy doing their day job, but they're on LinkedIn, you want to get their attention.
1: So what I'm talking about is this. Um, so honestly, like I have tried everything in my power to not be known as like a LinkedIn personal branding expert. Right. <laughs> and the reason is, is because I'm, I think I'm a pretty uh, multifaceted person. Yeah. And uh, I've been marketing online for the last 13 years. So it's definitely a, a key skill set of mine. But I definitely mm-hmm. do not want to be known by that because personally for me in my life's work, I just view that as a vehicle, but it's not the goal, mm-hmm. right? Like you can right. use LinkedIn as a vehicle the same way that you use, I don't know if you disagree or agree with me on this, but maybe the same way you'd use right. like the gym as a vehicle. The gym is a vehicle mm-hmm. to test your stresses every day, It's to test your body right. every day. And it's a path to get you like five, 10 years down the road, maybe more physically stronger, more maybe more mentally stronger, more, maybe more resilient to stress. And so that's yeah. the way I view it. And so when it comes to like what I see a lot of people like focusing on that I don't think is that important when it comes to like making a personal brand on LinkedIn, um, I think that views and likes in the short term are something that are like a dime in a dozen. Like they really mm-hmm. – for sure, they do matter overall, holistically, but like I see people that I talk to and they're like, yeah, I'm not going to post on LinkedIn because I posted something and it got like five likes and it got three right. views or, or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of the times, and this is just everything in life, right? Like if you If you go to the gym and you've never stepped foot in the gym and you work out for like one day. You're not gonna expect tomorrow having a six pack right you're not gonna, you're gonna not, expect tomorrow really. being ripped and so I think a lot of people make that confusion when it comes to LinkedIn they might be yeah. going to the they might be going to the LinkedIn gym like every day <laughs> for like a week maybe even every yeah. day for a month and they don't see results and for sure, there's a right way to go about it with guidance mm-hmm. and learning from smart creators and then you yeah. can just kind of like do your own thing and just kind of stumble around. But I think the views and likes you get in the micro really don't matter. I mean, I sometimes post some things and in terms of relative views, they completely miss. But then sometimes I'll post something and it'll just totally blow up and skyrocket. And so I think that is almost like a sort of a false flag. Yeah. That a lot look at that for a second. Because I yeah. think
0: going back to that that type of person that says, Well, I don't want to put stuff out on LinkedIn, I don't really get it, I don't get much interaction. What I'm getting, what I'm seeing in LinkedIn is not about the the number of likes. It's not like Instagram where you want to really have influence, but it's actually the quality of those people. You could have five likes and one of them is the person who wants to do business with you, whereas you could have 800,000 likes and no one wants to do business with you. So there's definitely something in that. Um, Yeah. And I've seen that, I've experienced that myself, you know, where just that one person wants to engage and and do some, you know, whether it's do a leadership program or uh, some one to one coaching, whatever it is but it doesn't take a lot um, likes. So so it's, what I'm getting from that is people have got to put their ego to one side to make the most of, of LinkedIn. That's exactly it, bro. And that's a common theme for
1: everything in life. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like whether at the gym the or gym, whatever. You know, use the yeah, gym exactly. analogy. Say, exactly, you know, man. Like I've, I've been going to the gym every day. For, not every day, but I've been going to the gym on a consistent for like a, a year now. And for right. sure, I definitely see some results, but it's also like, come yeah. on, like, you know, so it's like, so it's doing that. And then I also think that, um, you, you know, like if, if anyone is discouraged by that, to go to my profile and to look at, like the first three months of me posting on LinkedIn, it's the same as I think two mm-hmm. likes, three likes, but by your same note, 100%, I mean, I'll post something that will be seen by like 30,000 people And it won't Mm -hmm. really convert like a, like a hard sale, but then I'll post something that gets like 50 likes and I'll have like five sales from that. Mm -hmm. And so that, and then also like things take a long time to happen. Like you really need to be consistent not to get likes or not to see your likes rise. But cause like, you know, in order to trust someone, you really need to see them. I mean, the amount of like business and collaborations that I'm doing with people that have been following me for like two years is crazy. Like the amount of people that are like, hey, I've been seeing your LinkedIn videos pop up for like the last year, never really messaged out to you, but you know, I think you'd be a great fit for this or that. And so I think as, you know, as much as you can sort of um, just try to speak to your people, the better. But then of course, like everything, just like going to the gym, like you could get a personal trainer. Right. Like you could get someone that's like, hey, Andrew, you're doing this exercise in the wrong form. You're not supposed to do that. You got to have your shoulders up. And and, you know, this exercise, it's cool, but it's not really um, an exercise that's going to get you not that far. It's not it's not compatible
0: in that respect. You can get better results by collaborating with somebody learning. And I I think what came out from you earlier when you were talking about engagement LinkedIn is that you're constantly trying to learn it. And that, again, just hearing that from you is you know, putting the ego to one side because people might look at you and go, well, surely Matt Metri's mastered LinkedIn. He's got a course out there, but it's that continuous <laughs> learning. And if yeah. people go into LinkedIn thinking, well, it's just a platform uh, to network, then and they just master it straight away, they're probably going to find it very difficult to use or get the benefits from it
1: yeah yeah for sure, and this and this is why I think it's also putting your ego to the side, like you said, and then it's also just understanding patterns. So, like I said, I've been marketing online for thirteen years. Mm-hmm. Every single website, every single social media platform changes. sometimes it rises, sometimes it goes down. sometimes it triggers and it, it like moves to a different industry, different groups of people start to get on it. Sometimes it, it rises because there aren't as many people on it and there's a lot of people on it and it goes down. And so there's so many different ways to look at it, but I've just seen this pattern happen again and again and again, where I've been on a social media platform, I do well, and then things change, right? Because all companies, all industries, everything changes all the time. And so I think if you're not showing up as like a teacher or not a teacher as a student. Um, mm-hmm. Then I think eventually you can be a teacher and make your own course. So,
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I like that. I like the fact that, you, you know, your, your, your message is around being a student and, and learning and I, there's something about the the vulnerability that comes through in that and the the honesty in, in, in posting. So whether it's yours or other people that I've seen that are doing really well, they just bring that, all, that authenticity. I know it's a bit of a um, buzzword, but it, it's, it's just bringing that openness to it rather than trying to have this really polished stuff and you know which doesn't always land well on linkedin or isn't distracting doesn't get people's attention or thumb stopping
1: yeah well i mean i think that um, you know i would probably have this conversation and just like a bigger kind of conversation in terms of just like how we have perceived the media in terms of like mm-hmm. you know ever since we didn't have the internet and it was just tv You know, we saw all like these movie stars and actresses and role models and people just dress up and like looking perfect, like a performance. And then I think as we've began to introduce the internet and social media, people also try to do that. Like, hey, let me make this like a performance. Let me make this like a like a reality TV show. Let me make this like the Truman show. When a reality, you know, for sure, there is a good way to do it and there's a a way to not do it. Right. So I saw this, um, I saw this board, uh, like this whiteboard by somebody by the name of Charlie and I've had him on my podcast and I'm friends with him and he talks about like this breakdown. It's like influencer versus thought leader, you know, and, and the, and the term itself is Mm -hmm. very, um, it could be a very colloquial term. Like you can use different Mm -hmm. words, but mean different things. But what he's saying is like an influencer says, you know, um, I have no problems with my health and my weight. And I've never struggled with it. That's why you should hire me because I'm perfect. Or, um, you know, just that image of of perfection. But then you look at the other side of a thought leader of like, hey, I have struggled with my health. I have struggled with my fitness. This is why you should hire me because I actually know the problems and I'm relatable to you because I've actually been there in your steps before. And so I think there's like that massive, massive difference. And I'm always trying to be the latter because the matter of the fact is like, yesterday I was having a conversation with my friend and we were kind of talking about like the bigger vision, the bigger scale. Mm -hmm. And um, we were kind of talking about like messaging online and LinkedIn and how to communicate your message. And Mm -hmm. she was telling me that she told me, "Um, like, Mark, you can't, you can't get stuck in a bubble. And what I've realized is that whether it's like self-development or whether it's fitness or whether it's, technology or people at work, we get stuck in like these bubbles. We get stuck in like these industries where we're communing, communicating with like the same jargon, the yeah. same yeah. Uh, ways tries. of talking. Yeah. The jargon, all that stuff. And for sure mm-hmm. that might be good. You know, if like, you have to learn how to speak to your people for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you're on a mission like I am, which is to like change the world, change the state of mental health, especially with something like mental health, where it's all about the mind and other people Mm -hmm. perceiving it. You don't want to get stuck in a bubble because when you do, when someone else looks at your post with a different perspective than you, they're going to be like, Oh, this is just Mark, like that successful guy. Oh, this is just like um, this, like super successful influencer. And so Mm -hmm. I never want to be like that ever because I'm always trying to reach new masses of people and that, and therefore I have to change my communication structuring because not everyone is going to perceive something in the same way, if that makes sense.
0: It, it makes absolute sense. And I think it's such a good message for people to understand. Uh, and there's so many things to, to take from this conversation already, which is, uh, and Seth Godin obviously talks about this, you've got to keep showing up. You've got to be consistent, whether it's on LinkedIn or in the gym, if you want to get the results. And the one that popped into my mind was that compound effect, just Mm. Keep doing it, keep doing the work, and eventually you're going to do things that your future self is going to thank you for. Uh, it's just hard to imagine for those that are perhaps just starting out building a presence on any social media platform. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think I think the way to get through to that, Andrew, like to break through is like you have to believe in what you're posting enough to to realize the short-term like scoreboard right. that's, that life is showing you of like you're still zero, you know? And so I think yeah. if you have that, which is hard to do, Then I think that'll give you like almost like the courage to just keep showing up every day with that learner's Mm -hmm. mentality to keep putting in effort. And then, like I said, this, you know, the other side to this is to actually, you know, whether it's you look at, you know, your 10, 10 people who you see crushing it on LinkedIn and trying to study them, trying to see how they're posting, how they do it, um, taking a course like mine, doing your own research. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what I would say. That's what it's about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Now, I'd like to touch on, you know, the, the story because you mentioned earlier that it's far more believable as the thought leader than it is being an influencer and saying, hey, I've got my life all taken care of. I'm just perfect. You, you've really shown everything and you've been really honest, um, since, certainly since I've been following you. Can you just touch on that and how you've overcome anxiety? And some of the those people that are out there listening, think, I don't want to put myself on camera. I'm really nervous about that. Uh, I don't want to go into an event and network, even though it's part of a job. Just give us some of the things that you've done over the years that have really helped you overcome anxiety and, and shyness.
1: Yeah, man. So, so I think you need to deal with it in real life before you can deal with it in person in, and in, and uh, in online. And so, mm-hmm. I there's a, there's a part of my book um, which is all about shyness and social anxiety. But towards the end, mm-hmm. there's a chapter in my book all it's on social anxiety. And I call it, um, I call it digital introversion. And so that's like a, that's like something else that people who aren't even shy in real life that can struggle with. But when it comes to struggle with shyness in real life, I mean, for me, like I, um, ever since I was like age nine, 10, suffered really severe social anxiety until I was like 18, 19 where I began mm-hmm. to realize it and then make the the right kinds of changes. Um, and I think that it's totally healthy and normal to be an introvert or to be quiet. I think those are totally okay. separate than being shy. Mm-hmm. Shyness is when you are nervous or um, you, know, you feel like your throat trembling whenever you have to speak to somebody. And, and even mm-hmm. then, I think being shy every once in a while is also healthy and okay. But I think where it shows up as a pattern In your life, where every single situation you're shy, and then you are in that pattern so long that time passes by, and your physical body begins to understand the feedback loop that your mind is getting you. And then your body starts to react nervously to certain situations in social anxiety, specific in social situations where your Mm -hmm. mind might not even consciously be afraid to talk to people. That is social anxiety disorder. That is when. You know, know. you can't talk to people and you've now sort of almost created a unconscious product that has placed boundaries and restraints around your life. And so for me, I had no friends, didn't play any sports, didn't really do anything where I had to communicate myself to other people. And social anxiety is heavily correlated with substance abuse and social isolation Mm -hmm. Substance abuse and social isolation are heavily correlated with it with suicide Um, When I was 18 I fell down a really dark path where I gained a tremendous amount of weight. I was obese I was socially isolating myself. I was abusing substances and eventually I did get to a point where I was uh, suicidal and so I kind of like went through this journey and then through like years of reading books, interviewing people on my podcast, Mm -hmm. looking at like the science, Mm -hmm. I was able to like retrace my paths and my steps and be like, Oh, wow, this happened because of this, this happened because Mm -hmm. of that. And so honestly, like, I could, I could probably drop like 65 million tips on, on social anxiety, how to network more. But honestly, like, I made this for, I made this book for people who are not looking for like, bs like here are 10, 10 ways to network better you know and my book right, is, right, is not for right. people yeah. that are just trying to learn how to network better this is for people that like really experience throughout their life having trouble being themselves in front yeah. of of anyone and so for me i'm all about how can i get someone to understand the root cause the root issue and then develop a holistic sustainable functional plan that is going to work with them for the rest of their lives, not some quick fix solution. Right. And so with yeah. that being said, honestly, I think the number one thing that I could possibly say is like a tip that can help somebody with not even just social anxiety, but really me- any mental health issue is if you look at like the circles of leadership and you look at the circles of mental health, um, a lot of people and professionals talk about a neurotransmitter, called serotonin Mm -hmm. and serotonin is you know heavily involved in a wide variety of functions throughout our body but many people just sort of associate it with like it's your mood um and so what was super interesting was that when i was looking at the science it turns out that only five to ten percent of our serotonin which is a neurotransmitter is in our brain is in our mind Mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. which is totally crazy, right? Because it's a neurotransmitter. Yeah, and um, yeah. And, you know, as I got into it, I realized that um, 90 to 95%, what like the last 10, 15 years of science have been saying 90 to 95% of serotonin is in, not in our brain, but is in our gut microbiome, yeah, which absolutely. is, which is this thing that I didn't even learn about when I was in health class. It wasn't even taught to us. This is like a system in the body. Um, This is a system that's in between our stomach and our intestines. Every time that you eat something, these are bacteria that produce the right kinds of enzymes that process our food that then Mm -hmm. pass it on to our body. And the craziest part is like when I talk about this in my book, this section is called, first, my gut broke, which was when I began to abuse food as an emotional coping mechanism,
0: mm-hmm.
1: began eating a ton, got obese, gained over 70 pounds. My gut broke. Literally a month later, I became suicidal, which never happened to me ever in my entire life. And so you look at the studies that, that sort of look at this phenomenon, and they mm-hmm. see that you know, our gut and us as humans, we have created a symbiotic relationship with our gut for thousands of years that has made us the number one species on this planet. By that same virtue, if some, if two organisms are cooperating together to be in symbiosis, the dysfunction of that is dysbiosis. And if you look at the studies, they take people's gut microbiomes who are in dysbiosis, and it is correlated to not just social anxiety, but countless other mental health issues and also other chronic illnesses um, mm-hmm. that we won't get into. And so yeah. for me, that's what I look at because that's like a real biochemical foundational piece that mm-hmm. I don't really see anybody talking about heavily in in in, in mental health, let alone like entrepreneurship and leadership mm-hmm. circles. And the craziest yeah. part about it is like, everyone is so focused on, um, and I'm not saying these are not important, but everyone is super focused on mindset, uh, positive thoughts, um, mm-hmm. trying harder, putting in more effort—all these things, which are all great for sure—but it is very much the software. It is the yeah. software of our lives. If you don't address the hardware, which is much much deeper, you could be trying to like yeah. brute force install that software every day, and like you could get there like one percent, two percent. But if you actually upgrade your hardware it's going to make the software much better. Like you could have the best software in the world. It's like, it's like if you have iOS 13 and you're trying to install that on like your iPhone four, it's just not going to work. Like it doesn't matter
0: how many times you, what what I'm hearing there though is, and, and this is so important for the, for the people listening, which is, you know, it, those people, it's reassuring for people who are, who they're going, look, I'm trying my best here. I'm listening to the, that the influencers on Instagram are saying just, you've got this, you can make it yeah. happen. And it's like, no, actually, this is completely out of my control. And I think, you know, at a conscious level, and that we see it in athletes as well. I've worked with hundreds of athletes who at conscious level know they can play the game. They know they can play at the highest level. Yet at an unconscious level, something's going on, which mm. is stopping them from competing at their, their full potential. Mm. And I think there's something we're hearing there, which is this playoff between the conscious saying, I've got this, but unconsciously things just aren't operating in the right way. Yeah. And, and then which was anxiety, fight, flight, all that. And I'm also, yeah. what I'm also hearing from you is that how powerful nutrition is uh, when it comes to feeding the gut and the relationship between the gut. And I guess you've got the vagus nerve, haven't we, that goes from the brainstem right. into the gut, and that's the kind of the, I guess, how these things communicate in the body. So for the, the business owner entrepreneur who is running around you know, at pace, trying to grow their business, trying to manage a family, they're eating ad hoc and they're picking up things here and there. What would you say to someone who is consciously aware that not eating the right way um, and knows, that, knows they've got to do something, what one to two things do you think they should either eliminate from their diet or add to it? Yeah, so I
1: think first and foremost is um... – there is no such thing as a universal healthy diet, and the matter of the fact is, is there is just no such thing as something that is, you know, super healthy for for every single human being that they should follow a hundred percent of the time. Different different ages, depending on your genetics, depending on where you're born, depending on how your gut microbiome has working, all different diets. But there are definitely some fundamentals, right? Like we know that no human should be processing artificial chemicals preservatives it's like when you when, you, when you're when you at an airport and you're like looking at a snack to buy and you flip over the bag and there's just like a like a table of contents like an essay of just like ingredients yeah you can't even read, yeah, can't <laughs> even read it yeah and, and so many people think that like they're not smart enough to understand what those ingredients mean but right. no that's that's not true like real food which we should be eating, those are the ingredients themselves. Like, it's, You don't have to have a degree to read what's on the back of your food. It's either like, you know, I don't know, apple, uh, beef, salt, that's it, right? It should not right. be, um, you know, titanium, absorbic, red 6-9, like, no, 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 that's it. So I think, yeah. I think that's probably like one of the few guidelines that I would say. Um, mm-hmm. And then also it's, I think it's this, I think a lot of people are – um, that are conscious of health and like are starting to become aware of this, mm-hmm. I think a lot of them are falling into the trap of almost like food addiction. And mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, you know, like in my book, I, I talk about this study where they take, they're taking a brain, two brain scans of someone who's addicted to drugs and someone who's addicted to junk food, and there's almost no difference in their brain. And so I think, Like, there is a real, real problem with what is going Mm -hmm. on today, specifically Mm -hmm. in terms of people's emotional health and how they use food as a drug to Mm -hmm. cope with that, to make them less anxious. Mm -hmm. And so, I think a lot of people are solely focused on, like, okay, I'm not supposed to eat Doritos. I'm not going to eat Doritos. I'm not going to eat Doritos. I'm not going to eat Oreos. I'm not going to eat soda. I'm not going to eat this. And then what happens is, Since they're operating from that scarcity level, and if you talk to a psychologist, they'll say, that's not the way that the human mind works. If you enter a statement that already has, I'm not going to do this, Mm -hmm. your brain is probably going to do that. (laughs) And so I remember getting caught up in this cycle when I was first starting to break out of this for like 6, 12 months where I would literally be like in this constant like – okay, Mark, I'm going to eat healthy today. I'm going to eat healthy this week. And then I just see myself fall on all these cycles. And I mean, the problem is, is much more complicated, but I think if you can move your mindset from, I'm just going to focus on what I can add that's healthy. I'm just going to focus mm-hmm. on like, what can I add? Not necessarily remove, even though removing is a major, very important part of it. It's like, Hey, mm-hmm. instead of, Telling someone who's been eating like, I don't know, like cereal and milk every day for the last 10 years to start eating like eggs and avocado, like it's just not going to work that well, right? Unless, unless they love eggs and avocado or unless they are able to move that. But if you tell them like, hey, um, there's this new kind of cereal called magic spoon. Are there like all of these new kinds of healthy cereals now that don't have any chemicals, that don't have any sugars or anything like that and they just use natural raw ingredients. Maybe you should try using that and then, you know, if, you know, if you're talking to someone who is, you know, in the population of being like 50% lactose intolerant, maybe finding some other um substitute for another kind of healthy milk. And so I think it's making these compromises where you can add things. Or it's like, hey, instead of eating like six granola bars <laughs> that have a ton of chemicals, maybe just try like eating a bag of nuts, right? Maybe instead of trying to remove a ton of snacks, maybe just try to like eat celery, maybe try to add on peanut butter to that, maybe try to add like a like a healthy form of like beef jerky. Like, you know what I mean? There's so many different ways to look at it. It's more about
0: adding rather than adding. taking away. I think then yeah, people become obsessed, you know, what they're going to eat once they start thinking, I can't eat this and I can't do that. But there are a couple of other things that I've, so I've certainly learned over the last few years that it's not just about the food either. When it comes to eating better, there are other 100%. things we can do to bring into our life. I, I found that whether it's mindfulness, meditation, sitting still, or just thinking, exercise, all these things help. People to to think differently about how they eat, and I think that certainly sure. the, the people that you know LinkedIn listening uh are or to listen to the podcast who are trying to just get through the day, you know, and they're trying to keep their energy levels up, and they're trying to, you know, it's to literally top up their their energy with simple carbohydrates and so on. um But what you're saying is they just add some stuff and stop doing it necessarily, but just add some. Some good things maybe yeah. fast a little bit or do something a little bit different just try and challenge yourself a bit
1: yeah for sure and i think and i think the big reason why i say add is because um on top of that um you know like if you're if you're eating like the more of the right kinds of foods um your body is not going to be so much more addicted to that junk food when you do have it, mm-hmm. right and so i remember for me like when i was getting caught up in the cycle um even though it is simple carbohydrates, one thing that I did was like, I had a real trouble with ice cream. I was eating so much ice cream all the time. And I kind of realized, I was like, wait, I actually, for sure, I love eating cookie dough flavored ice cream, but I also just love having like something cold that's also soft that I can chew on and to just like relax and to sit Mm -hmm. back at my TV. And so there was a period where I went from eating like a pint of ice cream every day to like switching that and then starting to eat like frozen fruit, you know, for sure. Again, mm-hmm. simple carbohydrates, but that's much, much better. Getting than- some
0: fiber, at least.
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then I think as you begin to add those things, then you're like, yeah. you know what? Maybe I only need to take just like a bite out of that ice cream. Maybe I don't need to eat the entire pint. And so I think if you can add things, you begin to give your body just like the natural resources it needs to control hunger, all those hormones, all those chemicals mm-hmm. that it needs. And, but rather, you know, if you are eating like, you know, a diet that is heavy in junk food, that makes you way hungrier, regardless of the volume of food that you put in, which is a crazy yeah. paradox.
0: And it's going to change the, the, the chemical balance in the body as well. Like you said, you mentioned serotonin earlier, and, and it's going to shift. It's going to make some big shifts. We had, uh, I had um, Sean Baker on a few weeks back. Have you followed yeah, Sean carnivore. Baker? Cornivore. Yeah, <laughs> carnivore. Yeah. Well, what yeah. do you think of that?
1: I mean, listen. So first off, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't, you, you know, I'm I'm really someone that I only talk about the things that I have experienced and I've been through. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I, I've definitely contemplated and experimented with, um, not experimented or want to experiment with a carnivore diet for sure, just to run the experiment, just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, honestly, again, without getting too much into it, um, I know it's definitely helped out a lot of people who suffer from autoimmune issues and from suffer yeah. from gut issues where even if you are eating like the right kinds of vegetables, again, like I said, there's no such thing as a universal healthy diet. And I found out that like I I personally should not be eating things like um oats, almonds, and spinach, which are considered okay. pretty healthy. And so mm-hmm. I think it can help a lot of people in terms of that. But I mean if someone mm-hmm. walked up to me and asked me to recommend it, I would say no, the same way that I would say no to yeah. Um, in my opinion, like another extreme diet, like like a plant-based diet, like going 100% plant plant-based, not eating meat or eating nothing but meat. To me, I view that as a little bit too extreme, and I think you have to have some balance.
0: Yeah, I think I think uh, Sean Baker has a good perspective on it. But what I noticed, it certainly in that that genre, is that you get ex-vegans going carnivore, you know, and it seems to be this kind of just extreme mindset, you know. Mm and just having it in perspective. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so, Mark, I'm conscious of uh, the, the time here. I could just keep talking to you for, for, <laughs> for hours. I keep going on. Um, where where could people, where should, where should people go to find you? If they want to find out more information about your book and your, your course, where would you like to send them?
1: Yeah, so you can check out everything on my website, uh, which is just my first and last name dot com. M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y. Yep. Book podcast course, social media yeah. contact me yeah. say hi all that stuff yeah great
0: great and anything else you want to share with us before we sign off
1: yeah man honestly, I would just say um, you know for anyone who experiences you know even though my book is is really primarily made for people who uh, experience social anxiety and are shy and just have trouble being themselves in social situations, Mm -hmm. I would also say my book is largely for people who are just looking to also like improve their own mental health, or at least maybe get a better understanding of it. Um, and also people who are just looking to transform also in their lives. And I draw Mm -hmm. a lot of parallels, even for people that don't experience social anxiety with many other issues in life. And, and I would even say that, um, you know, doing my research for this book, I talked to a lot of people and a lot of them said, you know, Mark, I love what you're doing. I love this book idea. I love mental health, all this stuff, but I've never really experienced being shy or being socially anxious. And for Mm -hmm. sure, there is a percentage of the population who is like super extroverted, has very high social confidence for sure. But also I find that that is kind of BS to some degree because a lot of people have put on certain masks, have put on certain almost like suits of armor. For their ego, whether it is like saying, um, "Hey, I'm going to go to the gym every day and get super physically strong so that I never get hurt again in life," you know that could be a mask that someone puts on. There, there are so many different ways, and you peel that mask, and deep down, oh wait, this is a really shy, uh, quiet, maybe even insecure person. And so, even if you think at a surface level you're not shy, dig down a little di- a little bit, and if you think you are, then check
0: out my book. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. I think as human yeah. beings, you know, I can certainly relate to that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so Mark, much for having me on, bro. Well, you know, it's been a pleasure. It's such an inspiration. So thank you for coming on. And uh, I look forward to following you more and seeing your posts and what you're doing. I think you're going to make uh, make some a lot of lives much better. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. For more free resources and content on how to grow and lead your business and become the best version of yourself, head over to com.